Welcome to the Reverse Selling Podcast, where real estate agents, salespeople, and entrepreneurs come to learn the best tactics and strategies to grow their business. Hosted by the creator of the Reverse Selling Methodology, Brandon Morinan. So my guest today has been an entrepreneur since she's been 14 years old, and she's also one of the stars on Discovery's new hit show, Undercover Billionaire. With me today, we have the one and only Elaine Kalati. Elaine, welcome to the show, my friend. I'm so happy to be here, and thank you so much for letting me come on your show. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I think uh, you know you're 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 through the show, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, you're, you're building a big fan base. I'm a huge fan of your work. And so I think um, my goal for today is kind of tell your story of who you are. And really, I guess to start things off, how did you get started in business? Well, I think what I was doing is I was looking for a, you know, a way to make enough money to buy a car. Um, that's really what started it. I, I wanted a car. Um, I had already been you know, cursed with having to pay. F- Can you be quiet? Sorry. I love it. Please. I was um, welcome to welcome to working at home in Zoom. That's right. Uh, or working at one of one of your homes. I am. Um, I, I had a. I had a. You know, pretty tough dad. He was. My dad was the most amazing person. But you know, he really believed that you should work for everything. Um, and he, when I wanted to go to a private high school because my boyfriend went there, that I he goes pay for it then if you want to go there. Otherwise, you go to the public school. So that was even high school, you know, and um, I was forced to work and I liked to work. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, being young and working. I think it's really important. Um, And I also think it teaches you to multitask because you have to learn how to, you know, earn and show up for work and be on time, but also learn how to study and do your homework and get good grades. So it's helpful. I mean, life isn't just, you know, all one thing or the other. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And so I want to give the audience an understanding of like your current business world, what that looks like in a second. But how did you get started? What was like the first big business that you built that that you that really put you on the map, in your opinion? I I think it was definitely by accident, my shoeshine company. Mm. Um, and the reason that it was it was big is because I had all my friends working for me, they were just renting the booths. I had these shoeshine booths in car washes and in hotels and, and um, that my girlfriends that were in college were just renting the space. And um, I, so I had a lot of income, but also I had contracts, right? Because I had to build the shoeshine stand and get a, you know, hire somebody. So I would go to the location and get a contract because it wasn't worth the investment. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I was doing something. So then all of a sudden I had a whole bunch of rental equipment in locations with contracts with employees that was actually sellable. That was a tenable like project. And so I sold it. (laughs) I mean, when you, when you do things like that, you know, you, um, you, I think do them by accident a little bit. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. You were just, yeah, I don't, I was like, wait, I can sell this for what? (laughs) Like, really? I love it. So, so what is that's great. I know it. So, so what does your your business world look like today? Give us a high level understanding of what you're working on, what the projects look, what are the companies that you're running today look like? Um, I would say that for the most part, I'm fairly focused on um, entitlement work. You know, I like 
I like undeveloped property or developed property that has been abandoned. There's a mm. lot of that, especially on the coast of California, because we have earthquakes, um, fires, and mudslides and things like that. So liquefaction. Yeah. And because of that, if an area you know gets pummeled, uh, it, it, it is often forgotten about because it's just too expensive to sort of you know redo it, if you will. And I just, I, I'm not a believer. It, I, I'm like, it's going to be like that forever. Fix it. And it's our one West coast, you know, so right. that's I'm focusing all my energy. Um, I do obviously have a farm, which you'll, you'll see um, as the show progresses. I've, I, um, that's also totally by accident. <laughs> uh, it was just a piece of real estate I fell in love with and I needed a place for my animals. Uh, and so I, I wound up with this big ranch and then I wound up with a farm and I started farming and um, farming and food interest me a lot. And I'm it. putting, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's very um, underrated in terms of the benefits of actually being a farmer versus mm. just eating the food because it's, it's something you can teach your kids. Uh, it's something that as even as adults is very therapeutic. Um, it's self-sustaining uh, and gosh, it's so healthy to eat what you grow. Um, and it just teaches you kind of a little bit about like how important it is to water yourself, right. Yeah, and to yeah. take care of yourself because you could kill a vegetable in a second. And it's what you're doing. What you're putting into you is very important. And it's, I guess the shortest way to show us as young person, how important it is to water the plant. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. I love you it. Know? Yeah. It's smart. It's smart. So, so what did you, how did you get into real estate development? Right. Because that's a bit, you're taking on some massive projects. And now as I was, you know, uh, learning more and more about all your work that you do do, like what was, what was the first project that you got started with? Well, I think that, um, it didn't really go in the same order that we're having this conversation about. I, um, got, I was very interested in design Got it. I've always liked design and I've always liked things like antique things and old things. And so my environment became, as I grew into a young adult, very important to control what was in it, particularly how it looked, how it smelled, how it felt, textures. And that became, you know, kind of my life. I, I started to do big design work. Um, and I guess I got tired of everybody making money on my stuff. So I just wanted to do it for myself. I mean, that's really, I think, what sure. motivates most people. I'm like, gosh, I'm this huge gun for hire. And then I would see the house go to market for $20, 25000000 million. And I literally made, you know, I don't know, $250,000 maybe. And I worked, you know, the same amount of time. Now, mm -hmm. I didn't make the investment in the real estate. And I appreciate that. But there was a point at which I decided if I can do this for everybody at this level of success, I should be doing it for myself. Yeah. Makes and, a ton of sense. And I understand real estate. Like it's a tangible pro product, right? I, yeah. Stock market, can, does it confuse you? It confuses me. Yeah. That's why I love real estate. That's why I'm in the space too. I agree with you a hundred percent. I got people are always like, what do you think I should invest in somewhere? I'm like, oh, don't ask me. I don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> right. So what is I your wish I did. Yeah, I know. And I agree with you. I mean, the stock market, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's up and down. You got no control with real estate. It's tangible product to your point. What is your, what does that team look like? Do you have to, to do the, well, let me ask you this. How many projects do you typically do per year? Would you say? That's all over the place. I would say let's work in like square feet, right? Yeah, yeah. I try to build between a hundred to 150,000 square feet a year. 
Got I don't it. Okay. Used to like those big, like multi-million dollar, you know, um, like hospitality is really cool. Yes. Because, but it's like, first of all, you know, I'm not opening up casinos. So those are jobs for hire. So the million square feet days are, you know, you're are gone because that's somebody else's, you know, business and money. I'd rather do, you know, um, a hundred thousand of my own square feet than a million of somebody else's square feet. Right. Makes total sense. A, yep. So, and also I like the detail. Um, it, it does occupy my really busy mind. Um, yeah. it, so I think about things like that um, when I'm sleeping or whatever. And I wake up with such, you know, ideas. Yeah, that's me too, right? It's, that's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that's like, the, like oh, the blessing of the curse of being an entrepreneur, right? Right. I'm going to do, uh, last night I had like all this whole dream about this idea for television and advertising and stuff. It's so interesting. And I, I, I had to wake up in the middle of the night and like, I get myself on the mic and don't forget to do this and do that. Yes. And I text myself and then I go back to sleep. <laughs> it's so good. Wow. I'm not the only one, I guess. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> no. so, so how many people are on your team versus people you contract for these projects? Mm, I keep a pretty decent sized staff. Okay. Um, I believe in employing people. Sure. Spending your money on that. Yeah. Um, and so does the government, because look at, they're giving us PPP money, right? If you have employees, but not if you don't. That's right. Uh, so um, to Grant's point, like sometimes if you follow the tax rules and yeah. the advantages of, of stipends and um, you know different ordinances and provisions that are made for you as a business person, you can see that it's set up to work in a certain way that you, works to your advantage, even though a lot of times we're, you know, we're hemming and hawing. Um, so I keep a fairly large staff, but but I but I subcontract all of my professional trades. Got it. And the reason that I do that is, you know, first of all, let them make their money. Right. But secondly, there's a liability involved with you know having your own soils engineer on staff. Yeah, that's a good point. And I don't, I, I'm I'm not sophisticated enough to know when it's right or wrong. So sure. Yeah. So so you know, I think that when people become business people, to your point, or entrepreneurs they forget that when they employ people, they're in a leadership position. What is your philosophy as it relates to leadership and the people that work on your team? Well, I would have told, you should have asked me this last year. It would have been completely different. After doing Undercover Billionaire, I have completely shifted. One of the most incredible things watching yourself on television, I'm sure, and I cannot imagine I'm alone because you know I'm usually pretty confident in myself. I believe in my self-confidence. It's, I, I drive myself crazy. I like literally don't like, I get so mad at me for not listening, mm. not taking a minute and slowing down and listening, watching what's really going on, um, my temper. So to answer your question uh, dramatically, I have changed one thing about my management style. And that is to spend a little more time observing before I opine. <laughs> I love it. Seek first to understand, right? Right. Yeah. It makes yeah. a ton of sense. I think it's a great skill of a leader. And, and we were talking off air before we started the interview. It's hard, you know, because as driven entrepreneurs and business people, we want to go, 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 go. And most people aren't hardwired that way. Most people don't wake up in the middle of the night and putting notes in their phone and driven and can't wait for the day to get started. So, so I think that's smart that you're seeking to understand so your people know how much you care. I think that's really smart. So, so you get into uh, you know, the show, Uncover Billionaire, right? Uh, Undercover Billionaire on Discovery. How did that come about? Like You're just doing your thing, developing properties. H how did this get started? 
there were probably many candidates, you know, selected by the team. Um, so because Glenn, you know, had a very successful number one hit show on Discovery, which was a hit for a lot of reasons. I think a lot of people at first tune in because they want to see a billionaire, like, you know, without any money. Right. But at the end of the day, it wasn't that at all. It's a, it's a, a it's an existential wealth show mm. and people don't understand existential economics because we don't talk about it because existentialists were kind of wiped out at the, you know, mid part of the 19th century. We just don't go around thinking, Oh, what am I worth? And what is my real value? And all, but these are important questions to ask yourself. <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. they really are. No, they're not ethereal. Like what, yeah. what, how do you, how do you sell yourself? Right. Mm. And so when they were interviewing, I'm sure all of the people to do this job, they came across myself, Grant or Monique. And for whatever reason, we fit what they were looking for and were chosen to do the show. And it's not to say that everybody else that wanted to do this couldn't have done it better or didn't have a better, it was speaking to the team in terms of good television. We each obviously from the show fill a very specific niche. Absolutely. We are very different people trying to get to the same goal with a very different approach. And so whatever the powers are at discovery, and TJAT, which are which is our beautiful production company, these they that they know what they're doing as much as a, hiring a real estate broker is to me or the right soils engineer. They know what they're doing. I don't know anything about making television, and yeah. so for what it, I got, I was chosen. I and I hope that they made the, a really good decision. I hope they're as happy with me as I am with them. I love that. I love that. So, so did you, did they just approach you out of the blue or was this something where you raised your hand and said, Hey, I'd like, I'd like to be considered for this potentially. I, I was, um, I was many years ago hooked up with this, this really good friend of mine who's a casting director, but not for a television, just we were friends. Sure. And she put my name in the hat. She Got said, the show you have to do. And I was like, no, 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 no. My, and my kids are like, mom, no, you can't do a reality television show. And um, then, you know, and I was on the fence because it's a lot. Absolutely. Uh, right. Right. And then after the pandemic, it wasn't going to happen anyway. Yeah, and I was I like, know. not really that committed because, you know, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then the pandemic hit and then I started farming. And then when it's like came around during the pandemic, nobody's doing anything anyway. Yeah, like, that's true. Might as well go like and work and see if I can be productive during this time in our country that is so devastating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And so for people that haven't, you know, potentially watched the show, uh, what is the show in your view or your perspective, what is the show trying to portray or what is the show about? I think it's about existential wealth. I think it's showing people that your value is not always traded in the currency you're accustomed to, which is the dollar, right? You, we always, um, we always equivalent our, um, value to how much money we have in our bank account or how many things we have or what homes we own and things like that. And I think, you know, when you don't have anything, but you have your noodle, how do you make your noodle like look like a multi-million dollar asset on your balance sheet? Right. Yeah. It, it, it's like, that's, that's an important thing or, or your hands or the way you play that trumpet or the way that you cut someone's hair or the way that you dig a ditch. It doesn't matter if you're the best at that that has an actual value on your balance sheet. Yeah. 
because no one else can do it as well as you. And what's that worth? And then you've got to calculate in things like your age, your health, your energy, because if I'm investing in the world's greatest ditch digger, right? I don't want him at 80 fat and drunk. I want him mm. at 35. I want him in shape and I want him for another 50 years. Like, you know what I mean? Cause I'm going to trade and I'm going to invest in him. So if you think about that, you know, when you're hiring someone and I think that's what the show's about, it's about like, what are people's, you know, real assets, at least for me, that's what I looked at. I, because I didn't have any money, so I couldn't go out and just start paying people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I had to make a even exchange with them through an, through sweat equity. Yeah. It's great. And I had to say, you know, listen, at the end of this, we're going to have something magnificent, but just like you right now, I only have you as a resource and you only have me as a resource. So what do you do? Well, what do you want to do? What's your passion? And once you get somebody on that, you got them, you know, once you get somebody that's like digging in, cause they love it. You can, they can't let go. They're like a dog without a, but I don't care who it is like a dog with both. That's so good. And if you guys haven't watched this, make sure you guys go check it out. I mean, it's a phenomenal show uh, and I love it. And we'll talk a little bit more about it. So, so what was it like? So your kids were like, mom, you cannot do a reality television show. You do it anyways. What was it like? I mean, because you shot so much footage, right? It only airs a very small percentage of the actual footage that you guys got. What is it like going through that experience? Give us like the behind the scenes Wizard of Oz moment, if you would. I, first of all, I don't know what I, when I first got there, I thought like, oh, it's a documentary on farming. You know, it's mostly small farming and they're just following me kind of thing. And I was like, you know, keep up kind of thing. And then <laughs> about, you know, a couple of weeks into it or whatever, my producer's like, look, listen, listen, Missy, you know, I know no one tells you what to do. And yeah. And I was still like, really like, I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> hey, sure. I got this. And he's like, yeah. Mm -mm. And uh, I, the footage that doesn't make it to air is shocking. Mm. Um, it's shocking. I just was talking to one of the producers about one of the people on the show that's very important to me that's actually not going to make the show. And, and the reasons the person doesn't make the show are like, for me, it's like, I go, no, no, no. That person has to make the show. And they're like, no, you know, he's not good TV. I get he's great for you, but it's just like flat. It just like, it loses momentum and we can get to the same place without it. So, Got and it's it. just so like, it's so cold hearted, you know, yeah, I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, he's gotta be in, you know, and they're like, no, yeah. sorry, didn't make it. And I'm like, ah, oh. Oh, literally I'm fretting. I'm like, what am I going to tell him? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, like, because these are real relationships that you're building yeah. in an area that you don't know anybody, uh, which is why the show is so great. And so with those interactions with those people, what, what do they think? I mean, how, how much of it is, you know, uh, staged versus total authenticity and real? Oh, okay. First of all, I can't speak to everybody's experience. We didn't stage anything. Wow. Nothing. Zero. Nothing, nothing. Crazy. When the team ate lunch, no, this is, this is, this is important, okay? Because I got really upset about it. Sure. When the team ate lunch, I did not get to eat lunch because I had to get my lunch. Mm. So they would eat without me. Crazy. It was, that was, for a, a couple of weeks, that was really upsetting, you yeah. know? 
And, um, but, but it, it's like, that's the point. And yeah. And when I'm hungry anyway, like I'm so moody. Holy yeah. hell. Was there any part of you that was like getting into it? And then, and then to your point, the realness of it, we are like the hell with this. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I don't want to do this. Or were you going to push through no matter what? No, I'm, you know, uh, I'm in every single thing loyal to a fault. It, it is. I have said I'm doing it. It just you. You would have to like, literally stab me in the back to get me to go. I'm not while I'm hanging on. You know, yeah, literally yeah. face down in the back, knife right to the heart. It would. Just, there's no way I let go. I'm just one of those people. So it doesn't matter how bad it was. I mean, I will say that when the fires started, and everything was burning, and people were like losing their homes. I on top of COVID, and the smoke was too bad to go outside and work. Mm. I, um, I, I was just so disheartened. It was just overly overwhelmingly sad. Wow. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm an optimist. Right. And I, and my sense of humor has saved my life, my whole life, every minute, sarcasm, irony, you name it. I, I rely on that, like to make, to lift me. And there was nothing funny about that. Like, this was like, what the hell? I mean, what Mm. else is going to go wrong? You know? And, um, yeah, so that was the, the one time I think that I was, it wasn't like I was going to quit. I just like, I, I, when I put my feet on the more in up, you know, on the ground in the morning, and instead of feeling like ready to go and excited and really like, I was terrified. Yeah. I woke up, you know, like, oh God, what's going to happen? You know, wow. I mean, that lasted for, you know, about probably about two weeks. That's yeah. interesting. You, you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because it was probably almost like a new reality that you haven't maybe felt in a while when you were on this show, like it kind of all hit you. Um, how, how much interaction did you do with Grant or Monique during the whole process? None. No, okay. we, that was, that was for, for Grant, Grant, especially poor thing. He started before us and actually got shut down and had to go home. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, then Monique and I started, I pers- was not, I didn't ask enough questions. Like I didn't understand that we were going to be on the same show together. I had no idea. Okay. I was just doing my thing, you know? Sure. Um, so I, I have this thing about being up in other people's business, you know, like I, like if, if you're not telling me, there must be a reason. So, yeah. you know, I'm okay with doing my own stuff. Do you have a relationship with them now? Yeah. Now yeah. I love them. Yeah. yeah that's, that's- I, I, you know, I wish I knew them forever. I wish I met them early. Yeah. You know, you guys are sharing experiences and probably, you know, that's really cool. It's super unique, right? Yeah, to be yeah. able to be in this position. And we're so different. Like, you know. Absolutely. I mean, so different. Like, Who's got you? my money? You know? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, well, Grant, I don't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's so good. But, yeah. You know, and Monique doesn't, she's, she does not care about the money. I mean, that is a 100% true thing. She doesn't care at all. She only cares about the community. She cares that everybody gets an even bite. And it's just really amazing to me. That's like, amazing. She's so all my title. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Uh, and it's a, just a great life experience. You'll never forget it. And you'll be able to share that with everyone. So what uh, if you did it over again, um, would you do it? And if yes, what would you do differently? Um, well, I would love to do it over again, but I have so many friends that could do this um, and would, you know, and will help communities around the United States doing this. And so, you know, you, for example, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's important that um, all three of us pass the torch. It's mm-hmm. very important to pass the torch because um, it, this is a movement 
that I think needs to kind of get off the ground. And that is to embrace small business and embrace entrepreneurialism and embrace sustainability. I mean, it's the American dream to own your own business and to own your own house. And um, we have to start, I, I say this and I mean it, capitalism is not a dirty word. And it's That's like, right. we, we are, you know, kind of trying to box things up and, um, and, and, and put labels on them is so frustrating to me. I mean, people should be very proud of a family that comes from another country and opens up a business and hands that down two or three generations. Because I live in LA a lot of the time, I have the luxury of going to all of these areas that are you know, either Russian or Vietnamese or Koreatown. Or, and it's a beautiful thing. And I, I mean, because not only do they have their own communities within our community, right? But they're, they completely integrate into our communities. And the working people in those communities all share a common interest. And that's the American dream of having your own business and having your own home. And no matter how many people in those communities as individuals, the 1% in each one of those kind of, I don't know, communities tries to separate their personal, you know, um, goals from the common goal, that shouldn't, that doesn't change on the ground in business. We all know that our goal is to have our independence, to have our cultural freedom in life, to make money, to buy ourselves a home, to have security, to feel safe, and to feel like we are self-sustainable, which is existential wealth. So it's like, you can't take that away. You can knock down windows and pull down statues and you can run down the streets and light things on fire and you can come up with all kinds of movements, but you're not going to take that out of anyone. It's not possible. To I your love DNA. it. So good, Elena. I love that. I mean, that you just gave me goosebumps. I mean, that's, that's, that's so true. I agree with you 100%. And so um, through that experience, what was, what was like the biggest learning that you had coming out of that experience that you didn't expect going into it? I didn't expect to be as tied to Fresno and my business there as I am. Um, I talk to them every single day. Hmm. Uh, I go there as much as I was just there. I did a Saturday cleanup with the new mayor, Jerry cool. Dyer. Love it. And um, I, it, it, they do the Wednesday, you know, uh, viewing at Shep's club and I'm just, I'm so into it. And I didn't expect to like love these people so much, especially mm. because I was like, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> when I first met, the, you know, why yeah. are, what are you, why are you here? You know? And now I'm like, ah, interesting. You know, it's just so it's cool. It's so cool. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a cool, I mean, you're right. I mean, going into the experience, you probably never thought it was going to be, have this impact that it seems like it's had on your life. Town to town and block by block and household to household everything is manageable. We can make this place so amazing if you just do it that way. I love it. I love it. What does the future hold for Elaine Kaladi? What's, what's on your vision? What's the next five, 10 years look like for you? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely shift um, a lot of energy into farming and farming transport Okay. Um, and moving food across the United States uh, on a train, bring back the train. Um, and I'm going to really incorporate a lot of music into that because music's such a huge part of my life. I'm sure you read about House of Rock and some things. And um, I want to try to help, um, you know, young musicians and old musicians that are, you know, um, uh, struggling with getting their music heard for, for, for money. Like, mm. you know, having to like perform for free 
because it's so important to us to have good music and we have to, we have to sustain musicians. If we don't, we don't have it. And I really feel like, um, you know, we can't pirate everything. Right. It's okay to pay for a song, you know? Yeah. And we just don't, we're just, it's like, that's what I mean about capitalism being a good thing. Like, think, Absolutely. If, you don't, if you don't pay for stuff, if you don't pay your real estate brokers and pay and tip your you know, servers and pay the valet and pay the musician, if you don't do it right, people can't keep creating it. Yeah. They can't keep doing it. And then you just don't have it. And wow. What is life without a song or, you know, without beautiful roses that someone grew and cut and brought to sell. And I don't know. I'm no, like, I, right now, I'm like, I, pay double if you have it, you know, that's if right. $15, give them 30. Like you can't, get, you can't throw enough money at people that are hurting right now. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And I think uh, to your point, it's like, it's all about how we make people feel, you know, and music does that for people and we can never lose sight of that. Um, so I have to ask you too, cause we were talking off air about real estate brokerage. I do want your opinion on that because there's so much, you know, it's the industry right now that is, um, under the most, I would say, a big microscope, real estate brokerage. What is your position on that industry? I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> um, what I, I want to, first of all, we can't, as communities in real estate, we can't live without brokers and real estate agents and as developers, designers, and as private homeowners. I What's so amazing about it, which people don't understand, is that it's the one industry where no matter how new you are or how old you are, the fee's the same. Right. It's exactly the same price. It's either 4%, 5%, 6 whatever the going rate is on that piece, on that product, that's the rate. The rate, the rate is set by the market, not by the talent. Yeah. And because of that you can get the very best person, even though you don't know what you're doing. You can be represented by somebody who knows what they're doing. And in what world does that, in what world do you get free education and free school and free lunch? You Mm, know, yeah. when you hire a a good broker, when you hire a good agent, you get free school, free lunch. It's weird, but it's true. And people don't look at it like that. They're like, wait, I have to give him, you know, I don't know, $50,000 or $100,000. What did he do? Wait a second. How are you going to do that? How are you going to market it? How are you going to, people don't understand the buying and the selling end. If you discount the commission too much, guess what? Those brokers want to go where there's more commission because they got to feed their families too. It's just, it's just not transparent enough for a layman to really understand. And the real estate um, the real estate brokers association and realtors association need to do educational seminars and explaining what the benefit is. And I also think that we should probably consider that certain brokers shouldn't discount. Um, because what happens is, is, is that you're taking away the marketplace, right. Of the, of the brokers that are trying to start their business. And speaking to my heart right now, does that make sense? 100%. So it's just a like, and I don't, because it's not my industry, I just write checks, Sure. but I've had good and bad brokers and I know the difference. And, you know, one of the most important things is effort show up, 
you know? Yeah, because cost is a byproduct of value, to your point. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> that's so. Weird. So that's my position on on the on the surface. Love it. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Maybe we'll say that for another episode. So if you could go, the Elaine today can go back and talk to your 14-year-old self and you started all over again. What would you tell her? Oh, save more money. Yeah, save more money. Um, Because I, I, uh, you know, I was, I'm a big shopper. Yeah. And you um, look great. So, hey, Well, it's hard. It gets harder. You know, I'm 55 and um, I'm really proud of like my age and my family and all that. I don't, you know, don't, I don't really care about it. Um, yeah. One of the things that I think that young women um, don't have that women my age have is a level of confidence with your, you know, um, where you are in your life. Like it just comes naturally. Yeah. It's not something that doesn't come along. And so I always like whenever I see young girls that, you know, pulling down their shirt or, putting on, you know, just like yeah, adjusting yeah. themselves. And, yeah, yeah. and, I, and I, I laugh because, you know, it's like their security is wrapped up in their beauty to some degree. And, and, and it's so funny because the, the, sometimes the less you do, the more beautiful you are. Cause you know, you're, you're forced to, I am, <laughs> my daughter will kill me for saying this, <laughs> my beautiful daughter. She's so fantastic, you know? And um, uh, so she's at, you know, private school and life is wonderful. And she starts to get some pimples and she comes in and she's like, I need to go on, you know, on Accutane. And I was like, what? She's like, I cannot have pimples. And I was like, no, 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 no. Okay. First of all, you're going to get pimples. And I hope you get a lot of them because that is the point in your life where you have to develop your personality and you cannot develop your personality without acne. And you're not going to take a drug that's maybe going to make your toenails fall off. So forget about it. Start working on your jokes, your whole standup, because you're going to need it for at least two, maybe three years when you have acne. It's great advice. That's great advice. Great parenting. And quite frankly, that's great leadership, you know? So, so kudos to you. That's, I love that. So, so uh, that's great advice. I mean, I think for a lot of young people that will watch this interview, I think that will resonate a lot with them. Uh, You know, what, where can people connect with you? You know, when's the best place to connect with you these days? Um, well, I mean, obviously like my, I started to do social media yeah. when the show started and, um, what, a, what an interesting place, right? So yeah. I have, um, an Instagram it's lips, lipstick farmer, and I have 3000 followers. Everybody else has like 30,000, 3 million, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, I have 3000, but every single follower, like I, it says request and I push the button and I'm like, I read and I'm like, okay. And then I get the people like, we could get you 25,000 followers. Who would I they know. be? And what would they want? And what, yeah. what, how would I talk to them? So that's, that's my lipstick farmer. And, and yeah, you know, come I on. love it. I love, you know, I know you, you know, you started your Instagram. I love it. I love the content you post. It allows people to connect with you just like this interview, you know, because you see you on TV and uh, you're, 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 I, I told you before this, I love your work. And now knowing you after this and, and following you on Instagram, like, I love who you are too, you know, oh, what, you. yeah. What you stand for, uh, you. because I think, 
Well, I mean, I'm being very honest with you. You know, you're a great human being. Uh, you, you really care about the work that you do because I think people see people on TV and they're like, oh, they're just a, a celebrity. They don't care. Well, it's been very real, Elaine, how much you care about people uh, in this in this interview. And I want to thank you from, from the bottom of my heart. You inspire people to want to grow, want to get better. Um, you're yeah. a great entrepreneur. And, and so thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. So that's so nice of you. That's so nice of you. Well, it's real. And so I'm looking forward to doing some more collaboration with you and um, best of luck to you this year. And, and we'll, we'll watch you on the show. We'll link up all of that uh, beneath this episode, you guys. So you can go follow Elaine on Instagram. She posts <laughs> great stuff and, and watch her on Undercover Billionaire and uh, continue uh, your success and, and pouring into, into this world. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me on. This is truly a pleasure. I hope you'll have me back. I'll have you back. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, Elaine. All right. Take it easy. Take care. Bye. Bye, everybody. For more tips and advice on how you can grow your business, be sure to follow Brandon on YouTube and Instagram at Brandon Mulrennan.